Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Heartbreak Hill Podcast. And here we are breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Okay, that is our motto. We believe that we are doing this to train you for the marathon of life. Okay, if you are just now joining us for the past few days and the last few episodes, actually, we have been celebrating March Women's History Month by coming to you with a story from the Bible of a woman and what we can learn from her story. Okay. Now there are many, many, many women in the Bible and this season uh, or this preseason, I should say, we've just highlighted a few. Okay. We're going to try to make this an annual thing, but in a celebration of Women's History Month, we have been taking a woman from the Bible. Um, So far, we have still been working through the Old Testament, unable to kind of move forward just yet, but hopefully in the seasons to come, we'll be able to get into some more of those other stories because they are just as powerful. Now, if you have tuned in last time, the last time we met, we did Rachel's story, okay? Now, so far, these have been some very, very fire stories, okay? I have not been able to sit down and actually study Bible characters in such depth than I have been able to do um during this preseason, okay? And for those of you who also don't know, this preseason of us celebrating Women's History Month is leading all the way up into our season six uh, launch, which is coming April the 3rd, 2023, okay? So just a few short days here, we'll be kicking off uh, our new season. And actually, while I'm at it, we have just another few more days. I believe it is the 30th of this month where we will still be accepting advertisements. Okay. So if you would like to advertise, you have a product, you have a service, um, you would like to make a request to be on the show. Okay. We are taking those proposals all the way up into the 30th. Okay. So far we have a really, really great season pack. People have booked interviews. They're going to be great. Okay. But come on and get on this train. We are a worldwide podcast. We are on channel 17, um, on the Comcast for Speak Minneapolis Network that is located in Minneapolis. So for sure it is a good investment for your marketing, for your business, but only into the 30th. And then you would unfortunately have to wait until next season to go ahead and advertise with us. Okay. If you are listening to us on social media, okay. Viewing this YouTube, Instagram, please like, share, and subscribe. Okay. To this channel. You don't want to miss these things that we talk about. Okay. I don't always go live on, um, Instagram. I do when I can on my personal Instagram, which is at Rose Gold Covered, all one word, all lowercase. But for sure, our YouTube channel, Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Make sure you get it tuned because that's where all of the latest episodes are going to be going to be aired. Also, if you are listening to us on all of the or any of the podcast platforms, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, any of those, please leave us a review. Okay, that is how you're going to keep our show going. This show, all six seasons and and beyond is supported 100% by viewers and listeners like you, okay? So if you want to donate to the show, if you want to support us in any kind of way, the information on how to do that will be in the show notes, okay, after the show ends, all right? Let's go ahead and get into it. So today we're going to be talking about a biblical woman who I did not know much about, okay? Her name is Zipporah. Okay, Z-I-P-P-O-R-A-H. I had no idea about this woman until I was studying the women of the Bible, okay? Trying to uh, put together some kind of ensemble for, to celebrate Women's History Month. Now, it came out to me to be revealed that this was actually the wife of Moses, 
Okay. I didn't even have any idea that Moses had a wife. And for those of you who don't know who Moses is, he's one of the founding fathers in the Old Testament. A lot of great things. God appeared to him in the burning bush. Great story behind Moses. But we're going to focus on Zipporah today. Okay. Now, the commentary that I'm going to read is coming from Time Magazine. Um, If you go back a few episodes since we've been doing this women's uh, history kind of celebration, I have used Time Magazine quite a few times to just read the uh, commentary that they have because it's really good. It's very detailed. Um, And I actually got the idea of celebrating Women's History Month uh, with women of the Bible from Time Magazine. Okay, we are in no way affiliated. Time Magazine is in no is in no way, excuse me, affiliated um, with Heartbreak Hill podcast. So just just throwing that out there. This is just something that I enjoy reading. And I apologize, I said Time, but it's actually Life Magazine, L I F E Magazine. And a few years ago, last summer, I believe, they did a series. They did a whole publication on women of the Bible. Um, and some of the stories that I have told have been directly from there. Saying that to say, please go back on your own and read these stories for yourself. The Bible is such a book that when you read it each time, you get something different. When they, when you hear people or pastors or Christian folks say that the Bible is a living word, that's what they mean by that because it transcends and translates through all times. Okay. No matter the context, no matter the century, the Bible can be related to. So I really strongly encourage you to go back and read these stories on your own. Don't just take the commentary for it. Now, even though this is dedicated to women in celebration of Women's History Month, fellas, I implore you to please also tune in because you can learn a thing or two about women from this preseason. Okay. Let's go ahead and get into it. Zipporah. Okay. Zipporah is known as the quick thinking wife. That's kind of her subtitle. Zipporah, the quick thinking wife. Okay. Now, as with Rachel and Jacob, Zipporah meets her future husband, Moses, alongside a well. By this book, excuse me, by this point in the book of Exodus, the Israelites have spent centuries enslaved in Egypt and Jacob and Joseph are long dead. Okay, those were the main court characters. Jacob and Joseph were kind of main characters in our last two stories. Okay, Moses has fled the land. Okay, and when arriving in Midian in the Sinai in northern Arabia, he stops to rest at a well. There, he defends seven daughters of Jethro, the local priest, from a group of shepherds. Okay, so a group of shepherds, he's at the well one day chilling. Moses is fleeing. Uh, he sees a group of seven daughters getting ready to be attacked by some shepherds. So he defends them, not knowing that these daughters are the daughters of one of the most high priests in the land. Okay, now as a gift, as a thanks for defending his seven daughters, Jethro offers Moses his daughter Zipporah, whose name translates to mean bird as a bride. Okay, so Moses starts to tend his father-in-law's flock and the couple has two sons. So Zipporah and Moses, they get married and they have two sons. One of them is called Gershom and the other one is called Eliezer or Eliezer. I don't know how to pronounce this. Okay, then go to seminary. I'm not a preacher, not a pastor. Don't plan on being one. I strongly suggest you look at the pronunciation of this, uh, of the two sons, because I know that they're important. But for the context of this story about Zipporah, just know that Moses and her end up having two sons, okay? 
It is while Moses is watching Jethro's sheep that God is revealed to him in the burning bush. Okay, there are many popular stories about uh, God appearing to Moses in form of the burning bush. Okay, this happens while he's tending his father-in-law's flock. Okay, because after he gets married to Zipporah, he doesn't just leave his father-in-law. Father-in-law, he stays on Jethro's lands and he tends to the sheep. Um, he takes care of the grounds and you know things like that. So that burning bush story that you may or may not have heard about Moses takes place while he's at his father-in-law's house. Anyway. It is while Moses is watching Jethro's sheep that God is revealed to him in the burning bush, where God begins to convince Moses to return with his wife Zipporah to Egypt to save his people. Okay, along the way, one of the Bible's most unexplained events occurs. One night, guys try God. One night, excuse me, God tries to kill Moses. Now, theologians argue about why God tries to kill Moses um, in the middle of the night one day. Some say it's because he's of his um, kind of hesitance to go back to Egypt like he was told. Some say it's because, you know, he did not circumcise his two sons, which was the custom for people, his people at that time. Okay, so there's many different translations for that. I encourage you to read this story in the book of Exodus and maybe figure out what it is that it's saying to you why God tried to kill Moses and why he was upset. Okay, one night God tries to kill Moses, perhaps out of displeasure that Moses has not circumcised his sons yet. Okay, Zipporah leaps to her husband's defense, performing the circumcision on one of the boys and then touching Moses' feet with the foreskin, saying, truly, you are a hatan of blood to me. Now, the Hebrew word hatan used in the passage can mean either father-in-law or bridegroom. So it is not clear if she is referring to Moses or God when she says, uh, you are a hatan of blood to me after she throws the foreskin from the circumcision at Moses' feet. It's not really clear who she's talking to, but those are the words that she says, okay? Either way, Okay, the group is allowed to live after she does this. So after she performs the circumcision and puts the foreskin at Moses' feet, God stops trying to kill Moses. Okay, now after Moses leads the Israelites out of the desert, which he does, he sends Zipporah and his sons back to Jethro. So he's after he has freed his people, he sends his wife and his two sons back to his father-in-law from which he got them. Okay. Though the family is later reunited, Moses essentially ignores his wife. I don't know if ignore is the right word, but they don't pretty much have much communication after this. Okay. Possibly because of an injunction against sex for men who are awaiting God. Since Moses is continuously at God's beck and call, he cannot stay with her. Okay. So when they once Moses has completed his duty that God has given him to free his people, uh, he sends his wife and his two sons that he has by has by her back to his father-in-law's house, back to the high priest uh, Jethro's house. And there's not much communication or mention of their marriage after that. Okay. Now the Bible does say that later on they become, you know, reunited later in life. Um, but essentially there's not, you know, there's no real, um, concrete timetable that is given or listed for how long that they're apart. 
Okay, so just keep that in mind. Now, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So I'm going to keep it nice and sweet. What can we learn from Zipporah's story? It's a pretty quick story. It's a pretty, um, it's a pretty straight to the point story. But there are still some things that we can learn. There's some important things that we can learn from Zipporah still. Now, what can we learn? First thing is follow what God tells you to do, even if the man in your life does not. Okay. When Zipporah jumped to her husband's defense by giving the children or the child a circumcision, uh, that was the father's job back in those days. Okay. Um, That's actually a risk that she took on her behalf because you could also, you could, at that time, be killed for overstepping your boundaries as a wife. Okay. So I'm saying that to say that she followed God's orders of circumcising the children or circumcising the child, even though that was not the uh, assignment that was given to her. She's seen that her household was in trouble based on Moses not following this command. What does that mean for us? Well, there will be times where you may be in a relationship with a man, you may be married, um, and that man is deciding to go against or to just quite outright ignore what it is that God is telling him to do. You still have a duty and a responsibility to act. And in doing so, God will reward you. Now, I have to tell you something that may sting a little bit, and I'm not coming here from a holier-than-thou place just because I've been married before and all this stuff. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a single woman right now in terms of I'm not married right now. So I'm not coming from a place of a high horse. But I want you to know that you there are rewards. There are literally tangible um, rewards that you get when you follow God's orders, even though your husband does not. Those rewards don't exist in boyfriend, girlfriend, baby mom, baby dad relationships. There are rewards for your obedience, yes, but there is a reward when you are obedient on your husband's behalf. You see that difference? So like if you are in a relationship with your baby dad or your boyfriend and um, let's say he's not doing something according to what God has said and you decide to still follow God. Yes, you will be rewarded for your obedience. OK, but but I'm trying to distinctly tell you that there is a different type of reward when you are obedient on your husband's behalf. Okay, just really know and really understand that there is a huge difference in that. And um, you will be rewarded when you're obedient regardless. But specifically, the lesson that I want us to take from this is that when you are obedient on your husband's behalf, okay, on your husband's behalf, there are certain kind of rewards that come. Now, in Zipporah's case, the reward was that she got to live, her children got to live, and so did Moses get to live. Okay. And the reason I believe that God has it designed that way is because sometimes the husband doesn't have the ear or the heart to listen to God in the way that he should. And so God will go through the wife to make certain things happen. Okay. That same grace is not there without that covenant. And I will also dare to say the same grace is not there 
for marriages that are not put together by God. We have a series, um, not a series, we have an episode coming out later on this season for season six, talking about um, there are marriages that God did not put together. Now, if you love God, God will still take that marriage and turn it around for your good. Trust me, even if it has to end, God will still honor your desire to come to him. But there's some things you have to do first. But just saying that to say not all marriages are honored by God. I'm going off on a tangent. Let me go to the next one. Okay. God will reveal certain things to be done for your family. Do them. This is a very, very important thing to know from Zipporah's story. It would have made zero sense to any of her friends, any of Zipporah's uh, sisters, any family members, if she had told them that she took it upon herself to circumcise her boy child. Again, go back into the context of that time. That's not something that the wives did, whether their father was a high priest or not. Now, in this case, I'm sure that Zipporah knew how to do it based on the fact that her husband, excuse me, that her father, uh, Jethro, was a high priest. I'm sure that she's seen him maybe perform lots of circumcisions uh, throughout his career as a priest. But um, in that day and age, her going to anybody, her going to any other woman, or maybe perhaps even going to her father, Jethro, letting them know what she was getting ready to do in terms of circumcision wouldn't have made sense. And I'm sure they probably would have talked her out of it for fear of what her consequence would be for stepping out of bounds and doing such a thing. And so the lesson, the second point that I want to make, ladies, is that sometimes God will reveal things to you that need to be done to your for your family and to your family that don't make sense to anybody else. Maybe God is telling you that you and your family need to move out of a certain place or state. Maybe he's saying you need to move out of a certain apartment building. Maybe he's giving you an inkling that your child needs to be removed from a certain type of school. Maybe he's telling you that that friend that your child is playing with, you should have them play at your house. Because that child maybe needs some adult guidance and some adult wisdom in their life. Sometimes God will reveal things to you as the woman in the house to do certain things that may not make sense. And I need to tell you guys that you should do those things. If you are unsure, double check with God. That's always going to be your safety net. Right. Because, again, like I said, if Zipporah was to go to any of the other women in her family or in her circle at that time, they would have told her that she was crazy and don't do it. But if she didn't do it, there's a possibility that her Moses and all of their children could have been dead. Okay, so when God reveals to you and it has to be God and you have to know God's word in order to know his voice. If you're ever unsure, just ask God, are you telling me to do this? And he will give you confirmation that's so cold that you can't deny. Again, it won't make sense to everybody else. But sometimes God will reveal to you to do certain things for and to your family. Do them. No matter how crazy it may make you look, no matter if it, you know, you're out of place for doing it or, you know, people may tell you that you're stepping out of bounds. Do what God is telling you to do for your family. There's a reason he's asking you to do it and not your husband to do it. Or there's a reason why your husband isn't acting on it and you instead are able to act on it. Just do what God tells you to do. Whatever it is that he reveals for you to do towards your family, towards your children, towards your finances, whatever it is, do it. And if you're unsure if it's God asking you or telling you to do these things, ask God. He will tell you. He will be clear to you. Okay? Last, last point. 
and this is probably one of the most important. I feel like I always say that on my last point that this is the most important. But for real, this is a very important point because um, as I keep revealing to you several times, I was married before, right? And I didn't do this. I didn't do this thing that I'm getting ready to tell you that you should do. And what I've learned from Zipporah's story, what we can all glean from her story. So make sure that you, you do this, okay? Figure out your husband's purpose and trajectory in life before you become his wife, okay? There is nothing, and I'm kind of skating back to the mental health field a little bit. But there is nothing more sad than being a woman in a marriage with a man who does not support your purpose or they're going nowhere with their own purpose. They don't even know what that is. So they can't even really support or be there for you and yours. Or you getting married, not knowing your own purpose, and then figuring it out when you get married and realizing that this is not a person that supports your purpose at all. And what's even the killer part about it is that's not a reason to get divorced. But it's very painful. It's a painful experience. It's a painful thing to be in a marriage uh, with somebody and you don't know what your purpose was until you get in it. And then you realize that this is not the person that can support your purpose. This is not a person who can help you or um, help you move forward. And I don't mean that they have to do anything, but I mean, like they, there's, they are not in tune with your purpose. Okay. They're not supportive of your purpose. It is painful and it is very hard to deal with, but it's not a reason to get divorced. So I'm telling you, figure out what your purpose is before you become somebody's wife. Same thing with the man that you're dating or pursuing. I'm thankful that I got the chance to be single again in terms of not being married so that I can continue to glean. Now that I know what my purpose is, I can continue to glean that and be aligned with my partner in a like-minded way. In the same token, vet the man that you're dating. Even if y'all already have kids together, y'all not married yet. You're still in a safe zone. I'm telling you, figure out what his purpose is. What is his trajectory in life? Does he have one? Is he unsure of what that is? Because if you get married to a man whose purpose is to leave you and go and follow God and travel the world and he wants you to be at home, you have to make sure that you can cope with that. A lot of women who commit adultery in these circumstances where they're left alone for long, long, long periods of times, it's not because they're low down, dirty tramps. It's just because they didn't understand that the husband that they are with had purpose outside of them. And this doesn't even have to be in terms like Moses was, you know, he left Zipporah and his sons at the father-in-law's house to be closer to God. But what if you're, you know, you have a soldier. Maybe you have a man that's an entertainer. Maybe he's a professional athlete. Maybe he's a professional speaker. Whatever his uh, purpose may be that he's pursuing, it may leave you alone for long periods of time. Can you handle that? Can you really and truly deal with that? Can you, or maybe, okay, he's not leaving you alone, alone for a long period of time, but his purpose that God has given him allows for close and intimate relationships with people of the opposite sex. Let's say he's a doctor, a gynecologist, for crying out loud. Maybe he's a therapist, okay? Relationships that he has to have with women 
just due to his profession. Can you handle that? Can you? Because if you can't, it's best to bow out gracefully because you would rather break up than be in a marriage where you cheat on your husband or where you, you know, you aren't able to respect or fully love your husband and respect him the way that you're supposed to because of his purpose is not aligning with yours. Figure out what his purpose is before you become his wife. Figure out what your purpose is before you become somebody's wife. Okay, listen. Same time, same place next time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you are here with me. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Heartbreak Hill Podcast. Our mission here is to use multimedia channels to break generational curses in our thought process. Our motto here is breaking hearts, blowing minds, one conversation at a time. Please note that our entire production is brought forth by listeners and viewers just like you. Thank you. If you'd like to support the show, please visit our website at heartbreakhillpodcast.com.